Good evening, sports world. What is happening? Chris Dell here, your host of the Family Feud Sports Podcast on Go Baller FFS, sitting here with my co-host, Mr. Alan Dell, the godfather, here to bring you some more NBA playoff breakdown and analysis. Took a little hiatus this past month. We're back on track and ready to roll for the summer. Here to talk a lot of sports, a lot of hoops. Get your feedback and opinions calling into our station here on Anchor as well, and wherever you're tuning in and listening to. Mr. Allen Dell, without further ado, we're going to break down each playoff series going on the Eastern Conference Finals followed by the Western Conference Finals and then some NBA news notes and trinkets and your thoughts overall Boston Cleveland Boston with another home win last night improving a 10 and 0 overall at home in the playoffs Boston up 3 to 2 over Cleveland what are your thoughts who you got in this series to close it out and overall tell me what you're thinking about right now in the east well, I'm just thinking about neither team impressed me I'm not impressed with Boston at all compared to years back uh, I don't think they're a championship team, uh, but they can beat Cleveland, and that's not saying a lot. Well, is there a championship team in the East, for that matter, if probably you're going to say not. that? Probably not. Uh, if Cleveland could take up a few more players, maybe. But uh, I'll, I'll say Cleveland can win and force it into a Game 7, but I don't. And when if you get a Game 7 in Boston with LeBron, you got a chance. But uh, they say Boston's not very good on the road, but he either is uh, Cleveland. Yeah, they won two in Toronto. That was, that was something. Well, the thing that surprises me here about looking at the just even the regular season, right, because you got to look at some type of sample size and, and uh, history here. Boston was a pretty good road team during the regular season, but they've been atrocious on the road in the playoffs. They, they lost all three road games in the first round in Milwaukee. That was their longest series so far. They lost one out of two road games to Philly, and now they've lost both road games to Cleveland. So one and six on the road, ten and zero at home. This was a team that was twenty eight and thirteen on the road during the regular season. So maybe just the playoff pressure on the road is a little too much for these young guys overall. Do you think Boston has any chance to close it out in six and get that road win in Cleveland? Yeah, they have a chance. But like I said before, the NBA consists of two seasons. There's a regular season and the playoffs, and you just can't compare one to the other. Playoffs are totally different. Everybody plays high intensity. The refs uh, allow a lot more physicality to go along. So what happened in the regular season really doesn't mean that much, in my opinion. So looking at the overall, I mean, just LeBron James obviously been dominant through these playoffs here. You know, leading scorer in the playoffs was something that he doesn't necessarily always do throughout the course of his career is is be the leading scorer. But he has been because he's kind of happy. Kind of been forced into that role as the go-to scorer for Cleveland, where I think most seasons he's more comfortable being that kind of assist type playmaking type of role. 33.2 points per game this postseason, and obviously carrying the load against Boston as well. I mean, just overall, you look at this Boston team, and you you might not call them a championship team, but if they had Kyrie, I mean, I think you could call them a championship team. If they had Gordon Hayward, you could. But those are just names on paper right now. The guys that are actually playing in uniform. Are, are, are doing are playing basketball the right way they're doing things the right way as a team on offense on defense they're the most organized team out of all four teams left in the playoffs in my opinion you look at the rockets they're running gun jack up threes warriors for the most part have been a lot of running gun jacking up threes not really sharing the ball like they have in years past and you know if, if guys can kind of have a short-term memory and forget their age like jalen brown jason tatum not to mention terry rozier 
I mean, th these guys could all be future All-Stars in the NBA. So who says they can't put it together and make the most improbable NBA Finals run of all time, right? I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, they could do it. Anything could happen. Uh, we, we, we don't know. But uh... Who's your MVP of this, season, uh, of this, of this series so far, Boston-Cleveland? Uh, on the Boston side of things. Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens, okay. I mean, he is. You think he's like... the best coach in the league now? I don't know about that. He's the highest coach in the league right now. After the two games in Boston, uh, he got his genius cap uh, tug a little bit. Didn't fall off, though. But, uh, you know, you just never know. I just don't think Cleveland, as I said, I think can win Thursday. I can't see them winning Sunday. But LeBron in a seven-game, you never know. But just Cleveland has too much youth. And by that, I mean the speed. They believe in themselves. You mean Boston has too Boston, much? Boston, yeah. excuse me. Boston has speed, athleticism, and they have a lot of confidence at home. Uh, why they don't have any confidence on the road is beyond me, but that's the way it is sometimes. So we got game six tomorrow night, which is Friday night. Yeah. We've got a potential game seven, what would be on Sunday. Yeah. Um, looking at who needs to be the X factor for each of these teams to close it out, whether it's Celtics in six or either of those teams in seven. On, on Let's say Boston sides for who needs to step up and be their MVP of this series, well, their X factor of this they, series. They don't really need, they have a bunch. It's a different guy each night. Jason Tatum was the most recent, but uh, it's a different guy each game almost, and, and they don't really have one guy. Uh, Cleveland, uh, it would be nice if uh, J.R. Smith got out of his uh, comatose state. He, he's been a total waste offensively. He's not even worth having out there. I guess they need him out there for defense. George Hill was a, a real big disappointment the last game. He played a, a nice game at home in game uh, four, but he, he was he was almost non-existent the, uh, the other night. Now, he may play good uh, Tuesday night, excuse me, in game six, but uh, uh, J.R. Smith, I, I've given up on. I think Kyle Korver's been just absolutely tremendous. He's a real pro. He's even playing good defense. Seems like he's having the best career of his uh, best season of his career, and yet Playoffs. he's in his what 15 plus seasons in the NBA. Yeah, he came in on the same draft as LeBron. Yeah, he's, that, that's I mean, that's crazy. Because he right. was in college first. Yeah, great former Creighton Blue Jay right there, Kyle Korver, man, but. Uh, I mean, I mean, looking at it, you, you look at the boss. You make a good point that doesn't necessarily have to be one. Has to be one guy to kind of step it up and be that MVP. But I think Tatum's kind of stepping into that role as, as a guy who's so versatile with the size, athleticism. He can bang down low. He can take it to the basket. He can hit the three in transition. Uh, and then you look at a guy like an X Factor who maybe doesn't make the, the headlines for the Celtics that often is a guy like Marcus Morris at power forward. I mean, this guy can play lockdown defense. He's done a good job against LeBron for the most part this series, as good as most people can do against LeBron. He can hit the three. He can rebound well. And you add him in, in a front court with Al Horford and throw Jason Tatum in there. I mean, that's one hell of a front court. Might be the best front court left in the NBA right now, you know, minus obviously what you think about Durant. Draymond and Iguodala, who's hurt right now for Golden State. So it's going to be really interesting to see how things play out in this series. I, I, my, my pick's going to be Boston. I, I think Boston's going to close it out, whether it's in six games. I, I don't see them winning game six in Cleveland. I see the home team continuing to win. I see them winning in game seven. If I had to put my money on the line, if I had to go to Vegas right now and place on a bet, I'd put Celtics in seven to close this series out. But you're absolutely right. You can't put anything past LeBron in a game seven whether the game's being played in Ethiopia or Hawaii or the, you know, friggin' uh, Antarctica. LeBron James is going to step up and bring his A game, uh, I think, for that matchup. So it's going to be tough. It's going to be the toughest home game the Celtics have to win, and you got to wonder, will that pressure finally get to them in that well, type of situation? The pressure kind of got to them uh, the other night. They won uh, by, by 13 points. 
But uh, Cleveland couldn't score, so it was really the defense. Uh, yeah. For Boston, only shot what thirty-six percent from the field. They, I remember there were five or six possessions. They brought the ball down court and couldn't score, and then Cleveland brought it the other way and couldn't score. They, Cleveland blew a lot of opportunities to get back into that game. So uh, well, the, the closer you get, the I guess the a little more tense. You got to yeah. you got to worry about those Boston guys thinking, okay, now it's official. They're one win away from reaching the NBA Finals, an improbable run. Hardly anyone outside of Boston had this team going this far, let alone to the Finals, and now they're one win away. So you need a guy, a veteran like Al Horford, to really step it up, keep his cool. Brad Stevens, he's a very kind of calm and cool individual on the sidelines. He needs to keep his cool. He needs to, They need to stay uh, level-headed, but yet they need to bring that intensity and that passion on the road. And, and look, they, they fought hard in Game 4 in Cleveland. They, they gave Cleveland a tough game in that one, so... We'll see if the narrative continues with the blowouts because it's been almost a blowout in every game of the postseason, especially in the East and the Conference Finals in the NBA so far. So it's going to be uh, – it, It's. I think we're going to see this game here in Game 6. The Cavs are going to bring it. I think the Celtics are going to bring it. I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I'm going I'm to say it's a close game. Cleveland ekes it out, and then Boston could wind up winning going away in Game 7 just because, I mean, look at LeBron's fatigue and the way his role players have performed in the playoffs. When you're saying Kyle Korver is the second best player on your team, I think that it shows that you don't really have much of a supporting cast out there. You think this is the worst team LeBron's ever brought this far into the well, playoffs? Well, that first team it was almost pretty bad. Well, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Between that and this team, yeah. who, which which one would you take? I don't know. I, I tell you what, I try to give Sadie uh, Sadie Osman. I try to give Sadie Osman. Yeah. yeah, try to give him a little playing time. He's young. He's pre- fairly quick. He's tall. He can shoot. Why not put him out there? What about your boy uh, Jose Calderon? Is he going to get any no, minutes in this too, one? He, no, he hurts him too much on defense. He's too slow. They they punish him. Well, Rodney Hood's in the doghouse. I don't know yeah, if he's yeah, going to get out of there at all. Doghouse. All right. Well, we're going to be back with some Western Conference Finals breakdown. Series currently tied at 2-2, but the game tonight, pivotal Game 5 in Houston. See who wins that one. I'm still going with Golden State, but we'll be right back here on Go Baller and the Family Feud Sports Podcast. Back here on Go Baller and the Family Feud Sports Podcast, our Go Baller Conference Finals Frenzy Podcast, sitting here with the godfather, Mr. Alan Dell. I'm your host, Chris Dell, the mad journalist, and here to break down the Western Conference Finals, which has definitely intensified over the last two games after straight blowouts in the first three. Houston with a comeback win in the second half on the road in Game 4, now going back to Houston for Game 5. Ken Harden, CP3, and Mr. Mike D'Antoni start start to convince people that they are actually a finals contending team. Mr. Allen Dell, obviously we got the game tonight. Most people listening to this podcast might hear it after the game. So let's not keep it game specific, but just overall, we got potentially two to three more games left in this series. Who do you see winning? Why? And and how is that going to happen, whether it's Golden State or Houston in this? Well, in game number four, uh, Golden State really surprised me because uh, they lost their poise, especially in the fourth quarter. How much that had to do with the uh, intense defense that Houston was putting on them, I'm not sure. But there were some unforced errors. There were some not very smart plays. That last play where uh, Kevin Durant threw the ball to uh, Clay Thompson, and then Thompson 
he could have thrown the ball back because uh, Durant was wide open. He could have taken a jump shot. It was a long one. It was, would have been from three-point land. But it's better than the shot that Clay Thompson threw up, which is just a heave. But look, we're talking about Kevin Durant was six foot eleven, almost seven foot, can basically score from anywhere in the court, right? Yeah. I mean. You're dribbling the ball down court on the fast break. Why can't Kevin Durant turn his back to the basket, pull up for a fadeaway, pull up for a straight jumper? There's not a for, there's not a player in the league who can block his shot if he gets a jump shot up and gets off the ground. I mean, come on, why? why? And he's jacking up all these terrible shots throughout the fourth quarter in the second half, trying to be like Steph Curry the second, and yet he passes up in the last second. I, I don't understand why more criticism isn't put on Kevin Durant. Maybe he's a quiet, because he's a quiet, easygoing guy. People tend not to say as much at uh, him, whether it's, you know, when, when it comes to negative things and the criticism, LeBron James gets it all the time. Steph Curry got boatloads of criticism after game two when Houston won to even the series up at one to one. Why are more people not criticizing Kevin Durant, the supposed second best player in the world? Well, what, what, what I'd like to see Durant do is maybe post some people up on a block, but who's the point guard for Golden State? Do they have a true point guard? It's supposed well, to be. Curry's the point Curry's guard. Curry's more of a shooter. But, but he's yeah. the point guard, though. Yeah, so maybe they, you know, he's struggling. They, when they put pressure on him, he hasn't been able to get off his shot. Uh, but if, so if, if Durant posts low, he needs a point guard, to, or they need some ball movement where he can get an open shot or hit a but, little but, turnaround but, jumper. But then you're talking about the iso ball that, you know, people, you know, Draymond Green's mom on Twitter, including, we're I'm talking about them playing. But but let's just say what a lot of what she said is true is that they were playing iso ball in game two. And that was a lot of them going down the court and tossing it to Durant and letting him play one-on-one. And, and a lot of Durant's one-on-one, even if he goes in the post, he's not taking it all the way into the rim. He's pulling up for, you know, 5, 10, 15-foot jump shots. That, that, that's his definition of one-on-one basketball. He, he that's make, not going to win the Warriors this series or this game. Speaking of Draymond Green, to me, he's been a big disappointment in this series. I've seen times where on offense he gets a shot block or he misses a shot and he thinks he should be fouled and he mopes, drops his head instead of running back. Oh, just like Steph Curry does, well, huh? Yeah, but Draymond Green's supposed to be the energy guy, right? The guy that never tires. Yeah. He missed that dunk. I don't know how he missed that. I've seen him miss layups. Uh, there was a game, uh, it was game number four, where he was right under the basket for uh, to get a rebound, and P.J. Tucker came right by him and took it away from, from him. That was that series where Houston got five shots in a row. They yeah. got four offensive rebounds. That was big. And that might have been the whole game right there. Yeah. And Draymond was a big disappointment in that game. Yeah, it's, you know, missing that. You know, it's there, there's no uh, injuries out there in the news in terms of Draymond Green. I mean, he's supposed to be 100% healthy. Yeah. He's still a young guy. It, he shouldn't be slowing down in terms of his vertical leap at this point in his career. So I don't know what's wrong with Jay, Draymond Green because he's not he's not taking the outside shots like he has in years past when they won their championships. This is a guy that used to hit clutch three pointers throughout you know every every win that the Golden State Warriors had in the playoffs. And he just doesn't seem like he wants to shoot the ball. I don't know what got in his head. Was it Rondo in the last round? Is his, his mom talking too much shit to him? Or I mean, really, you look at the stats overall. I mean, look, Draymond Green's top five in assists for the playoffs. He's top five in rebounds for the playoffs. So 11.5 rebounds a game, 8.5 assists a game, right? But why is he not scoring the basketball? Why is he not shooting it with confidence? They need that going forward from him to make a difference in this, man. Yeah. I, I don't know what his problem is. Uh, you know, he, he was... Uh, maybe the administration, maybe the Golden State Warriors front office told him, you know, calm down with your baiting refs, screaming at you, refs, and so forth. And maybe he can't play unless he's doing that. I yeah, it's a he's been a disappointment. Yeah. He, he's lacked energy that I, I thought 
And, um, and, and he's had some turnovers, too. But everybody in Golden State has had turnovers. Like I said, the last game, they did not play with poise. Well, an- another energy guy, maybe you know just as much as Draymond Green, if not more, is former Finals MVP Andre Iguodala, who didn't play in Game yeah. 4, obviously. And they miss him. Regardless yeah. of how old Iguodala is, regardless of whether he should have should have or shouldn't have won that Finals MVP, the guy is the key factor in, on that Warriors roster. Yeah, I believe they would have won Game 4 if he played. Yeah. But he didn't. So. I-, I agree. But, the, the, but he might not even play tonight he's a game time decision he's obviously not 100 percent clay thompson's not 100 yeah. percent curry's not 100 percent i mean all you, you add up all the things that i just said right there houston should be the favorite going forward now yeah, clay thompson did not have good games in two and three even when he was healthy he just didn't and they clamped down that you know uh, mike d'antoni's defense right now he's telling them, give don't give him any space Get in their space, get in their chest, and it's wearing them down. And, and they certainly were bad in the fourth quarter. They may, may have just been worn out and tired. Yeah, and you look at the, you know, the, okay, yeah, maybe James Harden and Mike D'Antoni have no defensive genes in their bodies, but CP3 has always been a tough guy. You play in tough defense. He, he's, a, he's a competitor, right? Okay, those are the three main, main figures that most people talk about in the Rockets. But now you add guys like Ariza who's been there. He was a key factor helping – Kobe Bryant win a, cha- a championship with Pau Gasol back in the day. All right, he's a, he's regarded as one of the better defenders in the league. Then you add PJ Tucker, another guy who's regarded as a top defender in the league. Then you add Clint Capella, who's emerged as a top defensive big man. So they got three guys who are defensive oriented, and PJ Tucker and Ariza can knock down the outside shot. Not to mention what I talked I told you the other day, Eric Gordon's a guy who's averaged twenty plus in his career multiple seasons. He's a guy that on a non-playoff team could be averaging 25, 30 yeah. points a game and he, be a leading scorer. He's hit a lot of clutch shots he, in this he series. He saved them the last game when they were struggling at the end of the first quarter. He drove in for that dunk. and he I think he scored eight or ten, was it eight points in a row? He he saved them. They, they, could, have, they could have fallen so far behind. They would not have been able to crawl out of that hole. So he, give him credit for the last game. I, I like him. He doesn't show off. You know, he doesn't shimmy and do all these gyrations when he makes his shot. Yeah, Steph Curry needs to calm down with yeah, the shimmy because if you're if you're if you're doing the shimmy and you can't can't even close out the game, you know, come, come on. I mean, even when Golden State went on that run in the third quarter and Steph Curry was hitting threes out of his a hole like he has in the past. I mean, look, the guy can make incredible shots, but can you do that? let alone for an entire half, not even for an entire game, and you wind up losing at home in a game you should have won to really put your foot down the throat of the Rockets, and that hasn't happened. And I've told you this before. I I think that Cleveland or Boston can beat Houston in a seven-game series. I don't think either of those teams can beat Golden State. I just think Houston has a really unique matchup and advantage with Golden State in in various ways uh, that that not many teams can have. So I think this was a team that was kind of constructed to compete and beat Golden State in that sense. And then talk about defense. Clint Capella, number one blocks in the playoffs right now. 2.3, 2.3 blocks per game. That's more than Anthony Davis had with the Pelicans in two rounds. It's more than Rudy Gobert had with the Jazz in two rounds. Uh, and then you look at steals. I mean, you know, we talk, we make fun of James Harden for not playing defense, and you know, he doesn't really play much of it. But the guy's been active with his hands, uh, playing help defense at certain times. 
He's fourth in the NBA in the playoffs in steals per game, averaging just over two, 2.07 steals per game for Harden. So at least he's contributing in that sense. And still, how about that big steal we got from Durant? Well, that's what I'm saying. Game. You know, he, he might not play the best one-on-one defense, but he could, if he can do little crafty steals like that in the right moments, that, that can be just enough for those other defensive-minded guys. To, so maybe it's the right combination of defensive-minded guys with Mbah, Mute, Tucker, Ariza, Capella, Add that to some offensive guys like Harden, CP3, and obviously Coach D'Antoni, and and you got a recipe right there that maybe they, maybe this team is for real. I I'll tell you what you're making me say. I believe Houston's going to win this series. You just made me a believer. Uh, th- I've been thinking more and more about it, and I don't like it because I'm not the biggest Harden fan in the world. Too much flopping, too much traveling for me. But I don't. He's not the reason why they're doing it. I you know this is you know. He's obviously a big part of it, but he's uh, to me he's not the main reason. But he needs that other help, and he's got the help that he needs right now. So we're gonna see. I- I'm gonna pick at, as of this moment. I'm gonna say that Golden State still wins the series. I'm going Golden State in six. I think they win wow. the next two games, but but I'm not. I won't be surprised anymore. I thought originally when this series started, Golden State would win in five. Um, then I saw Golden State in six. I'm still sticking with Golden State in six, even with Iguodala banged up, even with Thompson banged up. I think Curry, Durant, Green can put it together, win a tough game on the road, come back and close that at home. But I wouldn't be surprised anymore if the Rockets do it and actually win this series. Well, I, originally before the series started, I picked Golden State in six, so I'm not going to change that. All right, so we're so we're, despite everything we just said, we still got the Warriors winning in six games. So we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. But it, it's a series now. This this is a this is a, a legit series now, and, and it's been State fun to watch. To, has to win one in Houston. That's another. That's thing. right. They ha- they got to win one. Well, they well they did in game one easily. But we'll we'll see what happens. It's gonna be a great game tonight. Great rest of the series for both sides, Eastern Conference and Western Conference. But you know you know what's more important for Golden State rather than where they play is who plays and if Iguodala plays. I like their chances. I don't care where the game was played. And you want to play it on Mars if you want to. Yeah, future Hall of Famer Andre Iguodala right there. We'll be right back with one final segment talking some NBA news and notes. What is good, Sports World? Here with a final bonus segment of our NBA Conference Finals Frenzy Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Dell, sitting here with my co-host slash father, a.k.a. the godfather, Mr. Alan Dell, looking at the all-NBA team selections and a few random headlines in the hoops world right now. Um, I, I guess not too much of a surprise, James Harden and LeBron James were both the only, were the only two players to each receive unanimous first all-NBA first team. I'm surprised Anthony Davis didn't get unanimous. He had four votes for the second team. A little surprised Lillard made it. He had, he had a five votes for the third-place team, some for the second and a lot for the first. Well, but. Here's a big thing that's going to happen. Jason Tatum was not a unanimous choice because one voter did not vote him on, and that voter is going to be exposed. On the night they give the awards, they're going to give out a list and says who voted for who. So there's one and there's one writer out there that did not vote for Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum, what, to make the third team? First team. Jason Tatum. Oh, I'm talking no, who about are you talking about? Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, no, I, Jason Tatum wouldn't have made the first team. I'm, what are you I'm talking sorry. about? Are you talking about the rookie team yeah, or I'm what? I'm talking about the rookie team. I'm, I'm a mistake. I'm okay. so upset about that. I, it got me going. But Drinking too much of that Warriors Kool-Aid, Mr. Allen. Yeah, Jason Tatum did not get unanimous on the whole rookie team, and he should have. And I want to know who that one person is, whether it's a male or female. Yeah, that's that's, that's crazy. Yeah, that, that's that's a little bit crazy right there. I'm, I'm surprised at that. But looking at the All-NBA first team, you got Harden, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant. Damian Lillard. Uh, I'm not I th- sure I, about Lillard. Maybe. But he had a hell of a regular season, though. And the, the Blazers won a lot of games. And, you know, obviously they were swept in the first round by the Pelicans being a home team favorite. That's another story because we're talking about this is based off regular season results, which is why Dwayne Casey's probably going to be coach of the year, right? I mean, yeah. if he hasn't been announced already. Look at the second team. You got the Greek Freak. You got Russell Westbrook. Impressive Joel Embiid getting on All-NBA second team. How about LaMarcus Aldridge leading the Spurs to 50-plus wins this year on the second team? DeMar DeRozan, obviously the regular season king of the NBA. Uh, you know He got on the second team as well. Also had a lot of third-place votes, though, for DeMar DeRozan. Um, and then look at the third team. We got Steph Curry, Victor Oladipo, Jimmy Butler, Carl Anthony Towns, Paul George, which is surprising to me. Uh, but impressive for the Timberwolves. A bright future, obviously. You know, Butler and Towns both on the third team. Maybe next year they can both make the second team. Uh, the, any any surprises or any 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 well, uh, beasts that, that you I have? Kristoff Porzingis, what he missed about half the season, but he certainly would have been there, I would think, in a, at least third team if he didn't get hurt. Maybe he should have got in anyway. I, I Mister Nick Cur- over Cur- here. Curry got in right third. Yeah, team. he did. I thought I was wondering why because he missed a lot of he games says, too. Missed more games, Curry or, or Porzingis? I'm not sure. I don't have that figure in front of me. Well, I think Curry was injured more in the, in the beginning of the season, yeah, but yeah, of Ben once Porzingis went out, he was out for good. So, perfect transition, Mister Allendale, to the next headline here on our NBA news and notes bonus segment. Nick's Kristaps Porzingis, quote-unquote, excited after phone call with Coach David Fisdale. You're Mr. Madison Square Garden, the, the Knicks, Knicks lover over here, the godfather. Are you excited about Fisdale coming into town? Is he, uh, he going to attract any other big-time free agents? Is he, is he going to get this team to play defense? What is, what is the future like, man? Next year you're going to have Fisdale oh, yeah, on the man. sidelines and KP back to full health, hopefully. Well, KP may not play next year, they said. Or if he does play, he's not going to be ready until December or January. I got a lot of question marks about Fisdale after all that stuff that happened in Memphis. Uh, he got into a scrape with Marcus Gasol. He's an easygoing guy. They said there was an argument in the locker room. Uh, he asked some players, well, how many of you have ever won a championship? Or, And then he made a right allegedly made a derogatory remark about the European League that, that Gasol didn't like, and Gasol's good friends with Porzingis. So I, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure when they hired, I would think when they hired Fisdale, uh, they told him, hey, you better get along with Kristaps Porzingis because if anybody goes, it's, it's you, you're going to go. So uh, oh, well. I, I'm, I'm still really, uh, the, the whole Nick front office, I, I really question uh, that whole thing. You know, they just don't have... They haven't done anything, and they like to make fun of Phil Jackson like he was there forever. He was only there for not even three years. So, Well, Phil Jackson probably taking a nap somewhere in the Bahamas right now. Well, but. He's getting counted as 11 rings, too. All right, yeah, well, that's, you know, that probably went to sleep counting them, so how about, how about that one right there? But Porzingis eligible for a five-year extension this summer worth as much as $157 million? I think the Knicks have to pay him because he, he's a fan. Even fan. when he's hurt. He's a franchise player, and the fans uh-huh. love him. They, got, they get rid of him. Yeah. What are they going to do? 
too. He played 48 games last season. Okay, so, so he should have got it. He should have been on Yeah, I don't know if there's team. a minimum. If there's, like, people say you got to play 50 or more. I mean, Chris Paul, in, in my opinion, should have gotten some votes. He yeah. wasn't in there. I think Chris Paul over Paul George. I don't know if you know if it's a position type of thing, but... Porzingis, the numbers don't lie. 22.7 points, 6.7 rebounds, 2.4 blocks a game. Blocks? Oh, he's great on blocks. Yeah, he, he is. He's he's really got some some nifty moves and on the paint. And how about his shooting percentage? Close to 40% on three-pointers. Uh. Well... It's. I think Fizdale's a good guy because I think they need toughness. I think they need a guy who brings that kind of grit and that edge to them. Where Hornacek was maybe the complete opposite. Uh, Hornacek was one of the worst coaches in NBA history. I'm so glad they got rid of him. I, I don't see him getting a job anywhere. Uh, Jeff Hornacek. Not for many sane people. Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd hire David Blatt before I'd hire him. Yeah, I would too. Jerry Stackhouse on the market too for I'd a job. I'd hire Stackhouse yeah. before I'd hire him. Yeah. Well, the Pistons getting Casey. I think that's a terrible hire. I don't think I, Casey. You know, Casey didn't do much with a Raptors team. I think most people would taken in the playoffs regardless of who was their coach but that's another topic for another day we're going to wrap it up here on go baller the family feud sports podcast mr allendale how do you want to sign us off here for the week well i'm hoping the knicks are become relevant next year and i'm hoping uh, kp comes back by at least january maybe they make a, a run at the playoffs all right so they won't have to tank again like they did well they should year. make the in the in the decrepit eastern conference the knicks should be able to not not just get in the playoffs but get maybe a first round home court advantage how about that yeah you know set your r- goals high there was a rumor that uh, the knicks hired fisdale because they think he can get lebron to come to the knicks but uh, after what he's been through at cleveland he's not going to come to new york where's braun going I right got now, a he might stay in Cleveland if they Ooh, can get him some okay. uh, some ammunition, some a couple of young guys that 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 have some talent. I mean, you know, it's it's really sad with the guys they brought in. George Hill's been a disappointment, even though he's not that young. But uh, Jordan Clarkson, where has he been on defense? I, I, I most people aren't saying LeBron's going to stay in Cleveland, but I, I mean, I, I agree. Where else is he going to go? Lakers? My only get Lakers, I I just I don't see it because I, I see him wanting to be the man and, and he's gonna be shadowed by all the legacy that's been in LA and he's not in his prime anymore. So they've got the young pieces, don't get me wrong. What my, about, my, what, what about uh, the other LA team, the Clippers? No, nah, I, I don't. I don't think so. I, I just don't see. I don't see that happening because there's just no one there to build around. I mean, DeAndre Jordan. I, I, that's not a guy to team up with LeBron, in my opinion. But the one team that I think still could have a chance because of LeBron's respect. And you talk about Fizdale oh, having yeah, yeah. the Same. San Antonio Spurs. If they don't work it out with Kawhi, well, what if? They work it out with Kawhi and they get LeBron. I think LeBron would play in San Antonio for Coach Popovich because he would look at Popovich as a guy who could extend his prime and his career even further. That's right. And in, in, as he ages, and I don't think LeBron wants to stop playing. I think he wants to do a Tom Brady and play till he's at least forty. That, that's just my opinion. As long as he can be a high impact player, obviously, like he is now, one of the tops in the game, if not the number one in the game. My first pick would be. Stay in Cleveland. If not that, I see him going to San Antonio. I don't buy the whole Philly thing. Him going to the process, I'm not buying into that message right now. Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, you need to work on a jump shot and meet with me. I'll teach you how to shoot a jump shot. There you go, Mr. Allen Dell, man. Those mid-range jumpers. Ben Simmons, get a shot, man. Get a shot. All right, well, we'll be back here next week. Sports World, we appreciate you tuning in. Call into our station. Let us know who are your picks. Eastern Conference Finals, Western Conference Finals. Have a great weekend. Peace out.